0: Hey everybody, I want to talk to you for a second here about Canva. Specifically Canva presentations that are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation. So start designing today at canva.com. Design for work. Just go to canva, canva.com. Music.
1: And welcome to the short stuff. I'm Josh and there's Chuck and Dave's here in spirit. And that means this is short stuff, which I already said, which is a waste of time. Let's just start.
0: Which is funny because Jerry is actually here.
1: I think supposedly she is, but I haven't heard from her in a while. So who
0: knows? She's here, but then she's like, I can't be bothered with those 12 minute episodes. Dave, here, <laughs> right. you take it.
1: Yeah, I can't. No, I, there's kidding. only so much of these schmoes I can take. <laughs>
0: Jerry has a lot on her plate, and we, we're glad she's still around doing our full-length episodes, right?
1: Yeah, we are. We're very hashtag blessed to have Jerry still working with us as our She could have left producer. us in the dirt a long time ago. Totally, and she doesn't because I secretly suspect that she likes us.
0: <laughs> so Chastity Belts, I don't think I ever got the memo, and we'll go ahead and spoil <laughs> this right up front, uh-huh. uh, that Chastity Belts were were probably not even a real thing used for that the purpose that we all think they were used for.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess I never did either. I never really sat around and gave some thought. So, like, reading this, I wasn't, like, blown away. Right. But it, it does occur to me that um, I guess I had always thought that they were a real thing. And they are technically a real thing, but they're just not from the time we thought they were from. And it all seems to just be a misinterpretation of... Potentially an old-timey joke that we just lost the punchline to over the years.
0: Yeah, I think maybe that's kind of sad that this could have been a very believable thing that they did mm. in medieval times, you know? Because mm-hmm. it I seems think, like something that could could have happened.
1: Well, part of it, though, is, is like this desire from people looking backward and saying, like, look at how dumb and savage and brutal right. and just uncaring those people were back then. And it gives us a sense of self-satisfaction and that that's why, like, basically myths like this are allowed to perpetuate. And it's really just a a misunderstanding, but it also prevents us from understanding those cultures a little better than we do because we just think they're dumb and backwards instead. So it's it's a real issue. It's probably the greatest issue humanity's ever faced, chastity belts and the myth behind
0: them. (laughs) So uh, I guess we should say what they are. I kind of figured everyone knows. But if you have never heard of a Chastity Belt, the legend was that if you could picture basically um, metal underwear Mm -hmm. that a man would put on his wife that is locked onto their body, um, like with a padlock. And it had a couple of openings for going pee-pee and poo-poo. And sometimes they were gussied up with like hearts and flowers and stuff. And the idea was like, "Well, I'm going out of town on a on a rampage. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want you messing around on me while I'm gone, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lock your private parts away, basically mm-hmm. behind this iron underwear. And that's what a chastity belt was.
1: Yeah, and if you look at pictures of some of these chastity belts, like they, like the the um, place where what did you say you go pee pee and poo poo, mm-hmm. like the 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 holes are exit only because they have like metal teeth like carved into them so it's right. like yeah it's not meant to mess around um and when you look at these things you're like this can't be right like is this for real and and it certainly seems that way because you can see these things with your own eyes but the problem is is they the things you're seeing with your own eyes come much later than than the age that we attribute them to right
0: yeah, so a guy actually wrote a book on this. His name was Albrecht Klassen, mm-hmm. and he wrote "The Medieval Chastity Belt: Colon, <laughs> a Myth-Making Process." Boy, I'm gonna flip my lid if we ever get a book that comes through this podcast that doesn't have a colon.
1: Uh oh, yeah, like yeah, like just in our research, you mean?
0: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. not a novel.
1: Okay, I yeah, dare
0: somebody it. to write one. Well, I mean, we did. <laughs> Well, ours feels like as a colon, but it doesn't technically. Oh,
1: it definitely does. The colon is implied for sure. Right. <laughs> uh,
0: so that this is the book that Albrecht Chassen wrote, and basically he's like, listen, poets wrote about it. Uh, you know, there were artists who made these things, but it's basically um, it seems to be just a big sort of practical joke, or or maybe it's the equivalent of like an editorial cartoon or something in its origin. Mm-hmm. Because the first mention of it comes from uh Conrad with a k Kaiser von Eichstadt great nice. name yeah uh and this was an engineer who designed all this technology around sieges like weapons and and defenses and stuff, and he wrote in the early fifteenth century about a device in a manuscript called Bellafortis, meaning strong in war, which was bi- just a big catalogue of like military gadgets and among them was a chastity belt.
1: Mhm. Yeah, because I mean this was frequently supposedly used by men who were leaving for war um while they were gone. Uh, like you're saying they would they would use it while they were out of town or whatever. So it would kind of make sense that it would it would be in this, you know, um military gadget book. Um, and you would say, okay, proof positive. This thing was written in the 1400s, the early 1400s. This is a medieval device, and this is possibly where it was invented, was in Bellafortis. But the problem is, is if you go through Bellafortis with a, a, um, a scrutinizing eye, you're going to see that there's other stuff in there that don't quite add up, like um, a machine that makes you invisible. Right. Um, or a device that propels you um, through fart power. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's my favorite.
1: There's a chariot, apparently, that's shaped like a cat. So the, while a lot of the stuff that von Eichstadt was was designing and creating was real and legitimate, he also was apparently not shy about peppering his works with joke stuff as well.
0: Right, And there were other instances where it was clearly used in a satirical way. Uh, like a a political cartoon, basically, of the time. Uh, There was one in German from the 16th century that has this sort of older gentleman saying goodbye to his young wife, and uh, she is naked except for this chastity belt. And then behind a curtain is her younger lover sort of hiding with a chastity belt-shaped key, and the husband has these donkey ears growing out of his head. Mm -hmm. So this all sort of leads us to believe that this was kind of a joke, Not something that was really used.
1: No, and maybe it was even originally used and described metaphorically, and it just kind of took off from there, almost like a a medieval meme. But the fact (laughs) is, there are chastity belts in existence. And I think we should take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about where those came from. How about that?
0: What a perfect spot.
2: at purdueglobal.edu.
1: Okay, Chuck, where did the chastity belts that you can actually go see in a museum come from?
0: They come from much later. They come from probably the 19th century. Uh, There was a little Gothic revival thing that happened then. And you know iron and steel were much more readily available uh, as Europe became more industrialized. and they started making things out of them. And they, you know obviously they made things like bridges and things like that. but uh, they also made things for fun. And it looks like there were these manufacturers in England who said, you know what there are these curiosity shows and museums that would that would pay for chastity belts to display them and so we're going to start making them as sort of a joke.
1: Yeah, so the idea was that the Victorians were wound up so tight and were so proper that they would they would expel their Purient interest in uh, <laughs> b- like bound up sexuality in like sideshows and stuff like that they would pay to see things like torture devices or like a chastity right. bell or something and for their part part of it also was being able to become self-satisfied with your own culture and your own place in history by mocking or or judging earlier right. ones but the fact is these things were all they were recently made and apparently passed off as much older than they actually were. And so some museums said, well, we need to get these out of our collection because we've, right. been, per- we've been displaying them as medieval and they were really created 20 years ago. Um, and the British Museum actually still has one, but they're, um, they have a little placard next to theirs that basically says uh, there's no real evidence that any of these were actually created or used during the medieval era.
0: Yeah, I love that last line. It says uh, that the evidence is largely anecdotal or in burlesque fiction. Mm -hmm. Very tantalizing. That's right. So, yeah, they kept one around uh, because, you know, I guess they thought it was still funny to look at in in the proper context, Um, which it's really not, you know, when you think about it.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly.
0: But, uh, yeah, it looks like it was basically an urban legend from back then that came about many years later as an actual object and like you were talking before, like, you know, I, I think people look at the that period as these, you know, backward people that would do something like this. Mm-hmm. And I think scholars of the Middle Ages try to be a little kinder uh, and point out that while it was no picnic, certainly, to live back then because of disease and uh, no, no modern medicine and no electricity and not very much plumbing, um, it was no party, but they weren't like completely backward and it wasn't you know just a culture full of maidens locked away in towers either
1: right exactly and um there's a USC professor named Lisa Battel i think it's maybe how you say your last name she um she points out that like like yeah they had a different way of looking at things in the medieval era and there were lots of different politics and sociopolitics but they weren't just stupid you know right. like the, the so the idea that that they that they couldn't possibly have had jokes or you know written things in jest or whatever and, and basically pulled one over on those of us alive today inadvertently uh is is a falsehood it, it actually seems to be the case for sure
0: yeah and there were even some women who were writers who didn't write under uh, pseudonyms or pen names or anonymously uh, I, don't, I don't think we're trying to make the case that it was just like a really progressive society <laughs>
1: right.
0: or anything like that, but it may not be exactly as backward as, as we're led to believe.
1: Yeah. It's like take a look at your own age for, you know, for yeah. once, buddy. No kidding. Maybe maybe put your own house in order first before you go judging others. That's right. I um, love that term. What's funny is that um, there really are chastity belts in existence today that are of recent manufacture, but they're mostly made of latex, and they're used almost exclusively for BDSM. Oh. And I think, okay. Chuck, we should just leave uh, the listener here to explain to whoever else they're listening with what BDSM is.
0: That's right. And Maybe we should do a podcast on that one day.
1: Sure. We'll explain it for you later on. All right. Uh, Well, that means, of course, then, everybody, short stuff is out.
2: Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.